Hi, I'm Jen White, and this is Reset. It crosses my mind that I should just stagger back to my room and get in bed and try again tomorrow, but guilt. So I return to the toilet instead. My Kegel muscles no longer hold urine in like they used to and will myself to just turn the shower on. That's author and comedian Samantha Irby reading from her new collection of essays, Wow, No Thank You. In the book, Irby tackles parenting, home ownership, trying to make new friends as an adult, and convincing herself to go to the club after the age of 40. The essay examines all the complications that go along with getting a little older, a little more successful, and hopefully a little wiser in often painfully hilarious detail. Samantha Irby joins me now. Welcome to the program. Hi, Jen. I didn't know I was going to hear my own voice, uh, so that was a big wow, no thank you for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was listening to the audiobook, and I... I'm oh. not a huge audiobook person, but I've got to tell you, I'll read the book too, but I love hearing you tell these essays in your own voice. It's such a treat, Samantha. It really is. That is very nice of you to say. I always feel like I sound like I'm being waterboarded or something. <laughs> so that's very nice of you to say. I don't believe it, but it's very nice. <laughs> Well, the first and only time we've ever met in in real life was at a taping of the Sam Sanders show. It's been a minute. That was a couple of years ago. Your essay collection media just been re-released. A lot has happened since then. How are you doing these days? I'm actually doing okay. I was working in Chicago on the second season of this show, Work in Progress, that's on Showtime, when the pandemic like kind of blew up and I came home to Michigan and I've been inside ever since, which Mm. is a place I like to be. This hasn't been as bad for me as it's been for like outside people who like to walk around and, you know, feel the rays of the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, in in listening to this book and reading it, a, a lot of the essays seem to focus on transitions in your life um, from single to married, renter to homeowner, adding Hollywood television writer to your resume. What do you think you learn about yourself through these transitions? Wow. Um, I think that at the core of who I am, like a nervous, you know, anxious person never changes, that I will always be wary and uh, feel overwhelmed (laughs) despite the circumstances, which is actually like kind of calming to know that I, that no matter what happens or where I am, I'm always going to be, you know, flop sweating and second guessing myself. It's oddly reassuring. Well, you moved from Chicago to Kalamazoo Mm -hmm. and that brought along all of these new challenges, including how you make friends as an adult. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> having gone through a similar transition in my life, it is really hard. Why do you think it's so difficult to, to build those connections when, when we're grownups? Well, I think one, it's like dating. So if you aren't currently dating, it it feels like plunging yourself back into the nightmare of like trying to, convince someone that you're like worthy of their love and attention 
I also think too that it, especially the older you get, um, the harder it is to kind of cram 40 years of history mm-hmm. <laughs> into mm-hmm. a new relationship with a person because I want all my friendships to feel like we know each other and like you know like and build that trust and build the like this is this is who I am of it all there's no seamless way to download your entire life onto a new person especially one who isn't like sure that they like you yet and it's it truly is the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. So I made like two friends and then stopped. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Re- reached my cat. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Well, yeah. well, what about that that move from Chicago to Kalamazoo? How is life different for you living in Michigan? Well, first of all, there's no Thai food in this town, which is hard. <laughs> And no good pizza. I mean, people will tell you Detroit pizza is good, but like, no. Um, oh, you might so start some fights. Thing, <laughs> I mean, great. That's what I want to do. I want to shake up people's afternoons and have them uh, fighting about pizza after this. <laughs> uh, the thing that's good is that uh, the mortgage on our house is cheaper than a studio apartment in Rogers Park, hmm. uh, which <laughs> I don't want to shame my old neighborhood but uh that is one thing that's like delightful about it is you can have some space and not have people living on top of you and not go broke that's great but it's not i mean i miss living in chicago every day i do for real i miss it well there was one essay in the book that i have to admit it left me feeling kind of attacked. Um, this is the essay about trying to convince yourself to go clubbing uh, <laughs> when you're 40. <laughs> As a woman of a certain age, you lay out these these steps that it takes to actually get you out of the door and the kind of internal negotiation that happens. Can you unpack that a little bit? I, I felt really seen, but also a, a little attacked, Sam, I got to be honest. Yeah, I feel like we're in that sweet spot of like being able to remember when we were young and cool, yet not being so removed from it that it feels unachievable. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, I remember when I used to when I used to be out till three in the morning and like put on pants with a zipper and pay $20 to get into someplace. I could do that again. And uh, my requirements have changed. Like clubs don't really have chairs the way I feel like in my memory they used to. And now I'm like, I walk into a place and I'm like, uh, it's too loud in here and I need a seat. And uh, everyone is looking at me like, who let your mom in? Um, <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to the go. last time I went to a club with my girlfriends and, and we got there, no lie, at nine o'clock. It was open, mm-hmm. but it was empty. But we mm-hmm. danced for like a hard 90 minutes and then the real young people started to show up and we left. But we had a good time. That 90 minutes was was packed and, and we had a, a lovely evening <laughs> it's great like if you go early and you can get like the one chair i mean i'm a creep so i like to just watch other people like trying to meet each other and dance and like the negotiation of like who goes home with who like i'm really into that but i like to do it from 
a seat in the corner, which you have to like get to the club when it opens to get. Yes. And never stand up. You never yeah, get that seat ever. You, you get can't there. no, you have to wear a diaper. <laughs> you can't leave your chair because someone it will just disappear. <laughs> Sam, you've been very open about your childhood and its influence on your work. And, and one thing that struck me in this book is the essay called Detachment Parenting. Describe your current household, who's in that household, and, and what parenting looks like for you. Well, I have a wife. My wife has two children who are now, oh, one's a teen and one's a tween. It's a very uh, challenging age um it's not challenging in that like they require anything extra just like tracking the moods of two like teenage people is difficult and my approach to parenting is that I'm not their parent they have two parents who love them and like decide on the vaccines and when to take them to the dentist and I just kind of stay in the corner and like lure them over with like cool movies and music. And I'm like, do you do lay out a list of things you say (laughs) you could teach a kid. I would love for you to read that list for us if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, The things I could maybe teach a kid, maybe 38 States on a blank U S map, how to mute mean tweets, not to mix wine and Norco, how to file a tax extension, who's who on game of Thrones, sort of, uh, the best hangover remedy, Forrest Whitaker's filmography, how many forks each person needs on the table, which cat litter to buy, the best Instagram accounts to follow, how loud to scream if the cat catches a bird and tries to bring it inside, which candle scents are good for ambiance, the benefits of an Epsom salt foot soak, how to turn your laptop, iPad, and television into a picture-in-picture-in-picture situation, how to play spades, how to avoid making an unwise tattoo decision, where to eat in Chicago, fantasy football draft mistakes, how to make a frittata, health food store snack hacks, code switching, where to find the best compression socks on sale, how to make fake phone calls to get out of public interactions, not to stick a fork in the sink disposal, do you want me to keep going with this terrible list? <laughs> that is, that's a wonderful list, though. These are some practical things I think we all need to know. <laughs> I, it's Honestly, it's true. I feel like the course of my life could have been changed if anyone, like, prior to my turning 25 had taught me, like, how to balance a checkbook or you know, which states are which. I mean, maybe I learned that in school, but I don't think it was really hammered in. So mostly I just teach them things that only dumb people know. (laughs) See, I want to, I don't think it's, I think, I think it's people who are prepared. That is a list of someone who is prepared for life. So do not undersell yourself, Samantha Irby. (laughs) Okay. I won't. I'm going to write a parenting book next. How about that? Hey, I would read it. I mean, I don't have kids, but I would certainly read it. So... (laughs) You know, these essays are are hilarious, but they're also these moments of sadness or darkness that kind of catch you unawares. Um, one line of the book, you say, am I ever going to stop writing the horror movie I have been starring in since the day I was born? I was, oh, you know, it just sort of caught me 
for a moment. And, and I wonder about that mix of comedy and vulnerability. My approach has always been to kind of leave it all on the table. Like what I do is not for everybody, right? Like I don't get resounding praise from everyone. Some people are like, that's too much for me. Or, you know, that doesn't speak to me. But the people who who do find something to connect with in my work, I always find the feedback is like, thank you for talking about this thing that either I needed to read about or or is going on in my life that I can't talk about. And so it doesn't feel like vulnerable in a way that feels scary. It just feels like open and I'm hoping that other people can read it and connect to it and then laugh about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. I think you, you, it's, you create space for people to sort of acknowledge the experience and say, who, yeah, but there's also, I mean, our lives are complex, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes even in really dark moments, there are, you find yourself laughing and that's real. Yeah, that, there's always real. something funny. Even in the worst thing, there's always, you can always tease out the one thing about it to laugh at, which is what I try to do. Well, you've been writing for TV. You're developing a new Comedy Central show based on your first book, Meaty. How is that project coming along? It's good. I wrote the pilot, so it is absolutely disgusting but it's also very funny and I don't think it's like anything uh, that has been on TV before and I'm not saying like I'm revolutionizing television I'm just saying that uh, I'm revolutionizing television um, so <laughs> we were supposed to shoot the pilot in Chicago this summer but you know, everything is just shut down. So I imagine that when, you know, we're all vaccinated and we get to go outside again, that I'm going to come home and shoot the pilot and get everyone I know to be an extra in it. I'll write a part for you if you want to be in it. Oh, don't, <laughs> do not play with my feelings, Samantha Irby. Don't. I won't. <laughs> I will put a club scene and we can be the two old women at the club. Oh my gosh. Can I wear like really comfortable shoes that, that, you know, cause I'm protecting my ankles. Cause I will do that. Yes. I will get Dr. Schultz to sponsor it. Something we'll figure it out. All right. I'm down. I'm down. And before <laughs> I let you go, we've only got a little over a minute left. I have to ask you about your daily recap of the Judge Mathis show. This is an oh. email I subscribe to. I look forward to it showing up in my inbox. <laughs> I love it so much. And for the uninitiated, what it, what is it about his show that made you want to write about it? He is so funny. And like, I know his whole thing is like tough love, but it truly, he's so funny, but he also, you can tell he loves people even when he's being mean. And sometimes he's unintentionally hilarious. Greg Mathis is truly the best person on syndicated court television today. He's incredible. I love him too. This is one of the things, like if I'm homesick, I will binge watch Judge Mathis. Don't ask questions, people. It's what it is. But if it's you so have, good. even if you don't watch the show, your recaps, 
are just their gold. So thank you for putting that into the world. I, I personally appreciate it so Jen, much. Jen, that's the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. Thank you. Oh, well, Samantha <laughs> Irby, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Her new book is Wow, No Thank You. We'll tweet out a link to it at WBEZ Reset. Samantha, thanks for speaking with us. Do not forget, I am in the pilot. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> Great. I'm going to hold you to it. Thank you, Jen. Take care. And that's today's Reset. If you just can't get enough, go to wbez.org slash reset. You'll find more great conversations that range from the latest on the COVID-19 crisis to new books for reading or new shows for streaming. That's at wbez.org slash reset. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourself. And let's talk again soon.